It's not funny anymore, try different jokes Tell them hug and kiss my ass, X and O And kiss the ring while they at it Do my thing while I got it Play strings for the dramatic And then of that whack shit Act like I ain't had a belt in two classes I ain't got it, I'm coming after whoever who has it I'm coming after whoever who has it You blowing up, that's good, fantastic That y'all, it's like that y'all I don't really give a fuck about it at all Cause the same people that try to blackball me Forgot about two things Things, my black balls Ain't no question if I want it, I need it This is Real Talk with Ben Tompkins, presented by Four Roses Hey, what's good, man? How you doing? This is Real Talk. I am Ben Tompkins. We are presented by Four Roses Bourbon, coming out the gate hot, setting the tone. That's gorgeous. That's gorgeous right there. You're fucking gorgeous. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for coming back. First-time listeners, welcome to the show. This is Real Talk, and this is Uber Stories Part 16. I got to tell you, I had a really good week. I had a really good week. Stories this week include What's the Beef? Great story. Can't wait to tell you this story. Golden Girls, Perk 30s, and Sticky Situation. And I got a couple other quick hitters that we're going to do right here at the beginning. But I had a really great week. And last week, there was Veterans Day, right? So um, that's always really cool when something like that happens or obviously birthdays happen less often and I wouldn't know if it's somebody's birthday unless they tell me, but when they do, that's cool. But like holidays, you know, that's cool to be able to tell somebody like, hey, Merry Christmas or hey, Happy Holidays. And I had a couple of military people riding the car last week and when it was Veterans Day, I got to be like, hey, Happy Veterans Day, by the way, or Happy Belated Veterans Day. And that stuff's cool, I, you know, like, I, I, I enjoy that because I don't really get to say that to you know, usually, like to other people, like I, I don't live with any vets, and uh, I don't know, you know, it's just like one of those things. So um, that was cool, and my riders really had my back this past week. They really did. A couple of them really got me, all right? One of them, I'll just call her B. Uh, B, <laughs> I was taking B to, I think, her dude's house. Like she had a duffel bag packed, and she was like, on the phone for a second, then she was like, man, this man on bullshit, I don't even know if he's ready for me, so when we pulled up, he wasn't ready for her, and she was like, hey, just just drive on, man, just drive on, I'm a, I, I ain't messing with this, man, just drive on, like, take me home, bro, and she updated the address to reflect a trip back home, and she was like, hey, can we stop, and I was like, yeah, 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 I, um, yeah, we can stop. And she was like, yeah, I need to stop at a gas station. And I was like, cool, because I, I kind of need a Red Bull. And this is on Friday. This is last Friday. And I'm driving now on Fridays from like 1 to 11 p.m. Uh, to get a good mix of, you know, day rides, conversations. And then about about 6 p.m. on Fridays, uh the, the vibe changes a little bit where people just want to, people aren't really interested in like uh, frivolous conversations and making new friends. People just want to get to where they're going because they're thinking about, you know, where they're headed. They're thinking about what they're doing that weekend and stuff like that. So uh, it kind of changes a little bit. Whereas if you get somebody to sit down in the seat in, on a Tuesday or on a Wednesday, people aren't in a rush. You know what I mean? We're, we're constantly looking for distractions during the week. So it's like, yeah, I'm going to have a conversation with this stranger because 
what else do I have to do? You know, I'm not in a rush to go home and cook dinner for my family or uh, wherever I'm going. You know what I mean? I'm going to work. So, yeah, that kind of sucks. So take my mind off of it, Mr. Uberman. Please entertain me with a story or an interesting conversation. I'm like, I got you. I got you, fam. All right. So, but on Fridays, people are a little bit more, I got to just get to where I'm going. What am I going to do this weekend? What am I going to wear? How am I going to eat? What am I going to drink? Hopefully Four Roses Bourbon or my favorite, some Vodka Red Bull. There you go. Uh, but th- those are Fridays. And then it dies down on the uh, kind of like dinner hours around 7 o'clock. It might die down a little bit, but Fridays are typically pretty busy still because there's just uh, people are going places. And then the later you get on a Friday night, that's when, uh, you know, kind of like I-, I haven't really dealt with much weird, you know what I mean? But the weirdness raises just a little bit on Friday nights. People are drinking, people are people are going out, and uh, people are just a little bit more loose. So typically on Friday nights, those are kind of some good nights to tell some stories. Now, I won't drive too late on Friday nights, you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to get uh, too many drunk people in the car and have somebody, you know, pull a rookie mistake and... Uh, catch an uber cleaning charge and because uh, I, I i promise you no one has ever puked in in my car but my car is nice enough where i would literally be like okay we're driving to the fucking store right now and you're gonna clean this i'm not cleaning your puke dude you're like you're cleaning this shit you know what i mean like that's hey so don't do it all right but typically i'm not driving too late you know what i mean where people are resting their head up against the window and you're like hey check on your boy back there like he's like oh i just need some air that's kind of a nightmare situation. But Friday's typically a good mix of rides. So around 6 p.m., 7 p.m., I've already been going for five or six hours. I'm kind of like, I need some juice. I need some juice. And I'm like, yeah, perfect, B. We can stop at this gas station, and I'm going to go in and grab a Red Bull. And she's like, no, baby, I got you. I got you. I got you. And I'm like, no, no. I, You know, I, listen, like, you know, if we're going to stop, I'll just run in there. Like, it's no big deal. She's like, baby, I got you. Like, tell me, you know, what, what, what size do you want? And I was like, oh, all right, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Um, can I get like the 16 ounces or, you know, like uh, not not like the two smaller ones, but like, a you know, more than 12 ounces one. And she's like, bet, I got you. And so she went in there and she got me a Red Bull. And and look, like Red Bulls, you know, that that size of a Red Bull, uh, I, I know this off like the back of my hand, they're, they're like four or five bucks, you know? So on top of what she, you know, paid for the ride and, and then tipped me at the end, she gave me a nice tip uh she also gave me a fat red bull so i was like yes like that's my girl right there like thank you so fucking much like you know the the generosity sometimes is overwhelming um it really is so that one was good i did have this is this is probably um (laughs) i think somewhere along the line i've probably given out like a worst ride of all time uh, but this this one would is probably in contention for it, and it really wasn't it really wasn't her fault necessarily. Um, I, I guess I, I should be more upset at at Uber, but I mean she needed a ride, and it is what it is. So here's here's what happened. Uh, I was over on the other side of the airport, and when I say other side, I mean like Southwest End, okay, and. I had a request come in, and when I'm driving around, um, I don't really have a lot of time to look at where these rides are are like located. And there's something that pops up that tells me, "Hey, it's gonna be a 20 minute ride, and it's gonna take you like 10 minutes to get there." And here's the general direction that the rider is traveling in. But um, 
I don't really have time to look at that when I'm dropping people off and I'm accepting requests and I'm kind of flying around. You know, if I'm stopped and I can look at something and be like, oh no, I don't actually want to cross the bridge over into Indiana, so I'm going to decline this ride. Or, oh, this ride is going to take me way far out where there's a low probability of having another ride request right off the rip, and then it's a short ride, so is it really worth it to drive all the way out there? Well, I had a rider in the car, and I I don't, I'm not on my, I, I hold my phone, but I'm not on my phone, if that makes sense. I'm just looking at the map, and when a ride request comes in, boom, hit it, accept it, make sure it's not Indiana, and then, you know, continue on with my day. Well, I was kind of talking, and I was kind of like quick scope my phone, this is on me, I, I suppose. I should not have accepted this. Uh, but I get a request to take me out to Shepherdsville, literally Shepherdsville, Kentucky, which is about 20 to 25 minutes outside of downtown Louisville and about 30 to 40 minutes from where I live, e- easily 40 minutes. Um, and it's a four-minute ride. Like, it's literally a four-minute ride. And I accepted it. That's on me. I didn't really look at it that much. And so when I dropped this other rider off, like I realized what I had done. I was like, did that thing say four minutes? Fuck. And I think I've said this before where if you cancel too many rides, um, you know, like Uber takes track of little statistics like cancellation rate and acceptance rate. And basically, if you cancel too many rides that you've accepted and it goes over 4% threshold, then um, it just doesn't look good. And I, you know, even though it it wouldn't stop me from getting new requests or um, there'd be enough time in a rolling three month period for the numbers to work out where, you know, something that happens in the beginning of the three months, like we're in now, um, and the end of January, like it would be fine. But I'm just, I, I don't know. I just don't like to see those stats and see it even close to 4%. You know, usually it's around 1%, 2%. Um, and so I didn't want to, I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to cancel it. So I ride out there. And it literally took me all of 25 minutes. Then I wait for a few minutes while this person comes out. And it's these two girls. It's these two girls. And honestly, I couldn't tell that they were girls by looking at them. Like, I could tell one was, but the other one looked like like a guy, like a young guy. Like, I was thinking this is like a 18-year-old guy, you know what I mean? Like, had glasses, short hair, so I'm thinking, okay, well, not that it fucking matters at all. I'm just, you know, so they get in, and I'm start the ride, and it's literally four minutes. They're going to a gas station up the road, and I was like, man, y'all pull me out here for a four-minute trip? And they were like, yeah, what, what, what's, what's wrong? What's wrong? I was like, I'm not going to be able to get another ride back into the city, man. This sucks. Like, and they're like, oh, I'm sorry. Well, if it, if it makes it any better, like we're going there and back. And I was like, okay, yeah, that makes it a little better, you know. And and really, like, I was I was complaining a little bit. Yeah, I was complaining to their face, okay. <laughs> but I was also just kind of breaking balls a little bit, you know. I just break a balls over here, you know, like, oh, uh, you know. And so we get to this place, and I I'm like, okay, well, uh, do you know how to put in a return address so that you can get back home? And she's like, uh, no, no, I don't. Like, how do you do it? And so I, I show her how to do it. And for some reason, it wasn't letting her update the trip. And I think what the problem was, was she was using a prepaid card. 
And I don't think there was enough money left on the card to reflect a longer ride. I think she only had enough money to get to the gas station. So uh, we she tries it like four or five times while we're driving to the gas station. Uh, I try it once we pull up to the gas station. It's not letting her do it. And um, she's like, all right, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull out some cash and we'll just give you cash and, and can you drive us back? And I was like, yeah, sure, you know, whatever, sure. Um, and she goes, all right, well, I'm going to pull out 10. And I said, pull out 20. And I said it just like that. I, like, I wasn't fucking around, like, pull out 20. You know what I mean? Like, And that'll cover uh, the trip back. That'll cover tip. And, and that'll cover, you know, kind of the fucking inconvenience for being in Shepherdsville. And running you to the four-minute gas station, you know, and running you to the gas station that's four minutes from your house, you know? So I'm like, God. So she goes, 20? Oh, man. Oh, man. All right, all right, all right. So she goes in and is getting whatever she needed at the gas station, wraps, getting Rillos. And then I'm, like, talking to uh, the other girl. And, you know, the, the one girl was wearing, like, a senior's 18 sweatshirt. Uh, and so I'm, I'm thinking like, are they high schoolers? Like, like how old? So I, I'm like, how old are you guys? And she was like, oh, 23. And I was like, oh, and you guys don't have a car? And she said, well, it just broke down. And I was like, oh man, that sucks. You know, I'm sorry to hear that. And she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, I'm going to go in and check on her, make sure she's okay. So she leaves. Now I'm sitting in the car alone and as soon as the other girl goes into the gas station, they fucking cancel the ride. So what that does is reflect as like, yes, a cancellation. And yes, I got paid for that ride. But what that does is it doesn't give me credit for the trip. So there's a point system. And and long story short, I didn't get the points. And it was a Friday, so it's worth three points. And I was like more upset about that than I was having just wasted, you know, 35 minutes of my fucking time to take these girls to the gas station when it was a mile from the house and they could have walked. Okay. But, you know, look, I'm, I'm not here to judge who needs rides for what. It was just that sucked. That really sucked. That really sucked. And now I'm in Shepherdsville, even further away from downtown than where I started picking them up. And of course, there's not a ride taking me from Shepherdsville back to Louisville. So then I'm driving on my own dime and my own gas mileage until I get closer to the city and then, you know, uh, get a ride request about 10 minutes out of the city. But I was, I was, I was upset. I mean, obviously, you know, that's, that, that kind of shit, that, that sucks. Like, that pisses me off. And so... The next rider that gets in really had my back, though. Really had my back. And oh, 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 and before I get to that, here's the other thing um, why I was upset. When somebody cancels like that, I don't have the chance to rate them as a rider. So it didn't give me the opportunity to give them a one star. And I, guys, I, I got to tell you, I literally, I think I've given one negative rider review the entire time. Like, over 850 trips, I think I've given one rider review uh, that was negative that wasn't five stars. Like, honestly, like, I'm not into, you know, oh, three stars. Or, oh, four, no, I get uh, literally everybody that gets in because, because I mean, 98% of the rides that I get are good. They're a good vibe. So I give everybody five stars. Well, there was 
one person, you know, the guy that was sitting up and his wife was like, oh, I joke that I'm going to slip him Valium in his, in, his, uh, in his food. And I was like, yeah, feed it to him like a dog. That guy gave me a one star and I gave that guy a one star. And he was a fucking prick, okay? But that's literally the only one. And I would have given these girls a one star, but because she canceled and never reemerged from the gas station, I didn't get the opportunity to rate her as a one star. So that pissed me off. And I was just like, man, like I just had to eat that L. So that sucked. But it was made a hundred times better, okay? And it wasn't long before this other rider picked me up. And so I, I guess I picked him up, but he picked me up, if you know what I mean. He gets in and he's like, how's your night going, man? And I was like, man, I'm pissed off. I got to tell you, I'm, I'm kind of pissed off right now. And he was like, why? What's going on? And I told him the story that I just told you guys. And he was like, man, I got you. Like, I got you. That shit, fuck them bitches, man. I got you. And sure enough, this dude had like a $5 ride, okay, and tipped me 18 bucks on a $5 ride and was like, man, I got you. I got you. And this guy, look, this isn't like a hoity-toity business guy. You know, this guy told me that he worked two jobs, had four kids. He was the general manager at a Taco Bell and also hustled on the weekends doing another side job. So, and this guy gave me 18 bucks, like, out of the kindness of his fucking heart. Like, that, that that's, that's incredible. You know what I mean? And... I really appreciated that because it totally did make up for the the you know the the previous ride. And after that, I was like, all right, well, there's no reason to be salty anymore because that guy got me. So that was awesome. And then somebody else, uh, this is this is this is hasn't happened very often, but uh, it's starting to happen more often where people who regularly take Ubers. I'm starting to see people for a second or third time. And that's kind of cool, you know, because if we have a good conversation and then uh, I see somebody and I, you know, I, I can't possibly remember everyone and everything that we talk about. Uh, but there are some things, if somebody starts to jog my memory a little bit, I'll remember the conversation as soon as they kind of like, hey, what, what do we talk about? You know what I mean? And if they start to give me some information, I'll be like, yeah, I do remember you. Okay, yeah, 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 what's up? Uh, this lady and her her boyfriend, you know, I picked them up and when she was like, oh, we've had you before. And I was like, hey, how's it going? You know, good to see you again. And she was like, oh, yeah, no, she kept calling me sweetheart and it was just really nice, you know, because because they 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 just I don't know they liked me and they were they were showing me love and they were like oh sweetheart sweetheart you know and I was like hey, <laughs> but that was cool you know that was just like a warm kind of a kind of a atmosphere in the car and uh, that was really cool and I told them some stories from you know from uh, the last couple weeks and kind of entertained them and uh, that was a nice ride so my riders I mean by and large though they they really had my back and uh, they ride with me and and that's you know it, it's 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 a great feeling you know what I mean uh, because the things the things that I give to people you know the 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 talks that I give to people and the energy that I give to people, it's nice when it's reciprocated because I'm not, I literally, I'm not expecting anything in return. Uh, and when, when, uh, somebody goes out of their way to, you know, to, to show me that back or it's people paying it forward. 
uh, that kind of shit is just amazing. Um, and it's, it's what fuels me. It's what fuels me, my friends. So uh, thank you to those people. One-liner of the week, before we jump into these stories, uh, we'll just call her Maddie. We'll just call her Maddie. Uh, she gave me a good one on marriage, and she said, don't get married too young because you're going to be with her for the rest of your life. I don't know who needs to hear that, but that's very true. I've never understood the people that want to get married at 20 years old. And uh, actually, I've got a really good story that we're going to end today's episode with uh, where a guy got married at 20 and got divorced at 22. And we have a really good conversation. It was a really great connection. And this guy gets it. Like he just, the things that he was telling me, um, he, you, you can just tell like he, he has a really good head on his shoulders and he's a military guy and uh, was just kind of going through it. And I, I, you know, I just listened to him and gave him a little speech, you know, gave him a little speech because he was kind of at a crossroads. He was at a major intersection of his life thinking, am I going to go through with this divorce? You know, I just bought this house, these kids. Well, you know what? I'll save it. I'll save it because that's how we're going to end. That's a really good one. Uh, and I have a handful of other ones. I got a nice review. I always like when I get to see reviews because if it's not like I was talking about the reciprocation, um, when people leave me reviews, you know, that's somebody that's taking their time and thinking about what they're going to say and writing something and giving their endorsement of me. And and that those those words of encouragement or, hey, the talk helped or whatever, you know, that, that stuff really helps me. And, and, it, and it makes me feel good about what I'm doing. You know what I mean? Like I, I can like visually look at that and be like, yes, like, thank you. Like I, I enjoyed it too. You know what I mean? Like I'm glad to hear this. I'm glad to see this. I'm glad to read this. And I will read these reviews uh, when they come in. And I got a nice review this past week. Somebody, there's different badges that you can give to your rider. You, I, I don't know if you know this or not, but once you're done with a ride, you know, you can rate a ride. And then if somebody went like, there's one for above and beyond, there's one for great conversation, there's one for like cool car, there's like good music, like there's like, I, I don't know, like nine or 10 of these things and they're little badges. And um, not everybody, uh, not everybody, you know, gives ratings. It's weird, you know. Sometimes you can like exit out of the app without actually rating the person. And so I have like, you know, even though I've given upwards of 800 rides, I only have like less than 500 ratings. I wish it made everybody do it, but I, I don't know why. But I have really, I, you know, I usually uh, what people have told me is when I pop up and I'm. Uh, you know, hey, your driver is Benjamin, and uh, it'll say known for great conversation because people have left me so many like great conversation badges. Um, well, this one was a great conversation badge, and they wrote, "Thanks, Ben. Great chat today. All too short. Thank you, thank you very much. You know, I appreciate it too. Like that, that kind of stuff. That's cool. You know, I I, I get to see that stuff." And uh, likewise, if you have not reviewed the podcast, this show, if you like this show, if you like these stories, if you like me, even if you hate me, all right, tell me I suck, but leave me a review uh, because that stuff helps out. That stuff helps out. So Apple Podcasts, drop a little review and make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you're following the Facebook page at Real Talk W Benny T. 
uh, Twitter and Instagram at BennyComp18. I have a bonus episode, an interview for you guys on Friday. Uh, Ed Hamilton is a Louisville native. He has a hometown heroes banner that hangs in the city, and he's an American sculptor, and he's a really famous sculptor. He is, uh, some of his works include the Abraham Lincoln Memorial at Waterfront Plaza, downtown Louisville. He also was commissioned to do a statue of York, uh, William Clark's slave that helped on uh, Lewis and Clark's expedition. And so that is uh, down on the Riverfront Plaza. Uh, His Spirit of Freedom statue sits near Howard University and is kind of the one that has brought him the most national acclaim. That's kind of like a world-famous one, and it depicts uh, black Civil War veterans. And he's done uh, one on Joe Lewis. He's done a handful of other ones. I think his count is like up to 75 Uh, large and small pieces that he's done all over the country. And uh, he's a teacher and he's a mentor to a lot of people. And he just seems like a really cool cat. And I really can't wait. He's going to be in studio. He's going to come to the studio. And uh, I'm going to go deep and uh, ask him some some good questions. And he's going to give us that real talk. And that'll be out on Friday. That'll be out on Friday. All right, my friends? So... Ed Hamilton on Friday. It's been it's been months in the works, you know, emailing back and forth, and with COVID and everything, you're trying to figure out how we can do this, and uh, they're busy, and you're busy, and but finally, months have uh, you know after months of correspondence, uh, we're we're gonna connect on this thing, and I'm I'm thrilled. I am really really excited. So that's on Friday. All right, now let's jump into some stories. This one is called "What's the Beef." I will call this writer Jen. I picked up Jen from a nursing home where she worked as a certified nurse's assistant. I asked her how long she'd been working there, and she said seven months. Oh, okay, so like right when COVID was kind of starting then, huh? Yeah. Did you guys have any outbreaks? Yeah. How many people died? Probably like five. Yeah. It was sad. Very sad. I asked how old are most of the residents that stayed there? And she was kind of breaking down the demographics. And then she told me this story that made me laugh probably harder than anybody else has ever made me laugh in the car. I was gripping the steering wheel with two hands, laughing my ass off, okay? Because as she's describing the people who live there, she said, yeah, we got some bad behaviors in there too. Some hit. Hit? Mm Mm-hmm. Bite, scratch, You got to be very careful to other residents or to you guys. They do it to anybody. Why do they do that? They be angry that they can't leave, so they just hit anybody. They be on -on one-on-ones. What's a one-on-one? It's when an aide sits there and makes sure they don't hit nobody. And do they know that they're doing it? Some of them don't. Some of them just do it. But some of them know, you know, and they still do it. Now, look, guys, that's not funny, okay? A frustrated, confused old person lashing out and lacking mental capacities, that's not funny, all right? But that's not who we're here to laugh at. That's not who this story is about. This story, What's the Beef, is about a couple of guys that do know what they're doing and have their wits about them, but they apparently just love to scrap. 
They apparently just love to scrap. So I asked, how often do fights break out in there? It just depends on where you're at. We, we got this place called blah, 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 all right? And they have fights every day. They be having at least seven one-on-ones a day. And when you say fights, these are like 80-year-olds throwing hands. Yes. Like in stances, swinging, throwing punches. Yes. <laughs> I said, world star. <laughs> she said, yes, yes. It's crazy. It's a lot to deal with. So what happens when a fight breaks out? Do people rush in and break it up? Mm-hmm. They break it up. Just the other day, they was these two men. They was big as men's, and they started fighting, and I'm like, oh, no. They both in wheelchairs, and they just swinging. I was like, what's going on? <laughs> and I, I, I'm like, wait a second. Did she just say these guys are in wheelchairs? <laughs> and she continued. She said, and then they cussing each other out, going back and forth. I'm just like... I said, well, what's the beef? Like, why were they fighting? She said, it's this man named Benny. And the other man was trying to get through at lunch. And Benny threw a piece of bread at him. And that started everything. And the other one just started cussing him out. Next thing you know, they start fighting. They throwing punches. And we had to run over there and push his wheelchair to the opposite side of the room so they would stop fighting. <laughs> He said, they cannot get along. I'm like, they always beef, huh? Mm-hmm. It's a fight every week. Same two people. Don't matter what it's about, they always find a reason to fight. And these guys are both in their 80s. Mm, probably older. They probably like, Benny might be 80, but I think the other man, he's older. So, guys, just, like, close your eyes and imagine for, for a second. Two 80-year-olds, both in wheelchairs, rolling on into this lunch line, trying to get past one another. Somebody bumps the other one. Somebody looks at the other one. Gruff. This frustrates the other one so much that it compels him to throw food at the other one. Now, granted, it's a piece of bread. But, hey, man, when you're in the yard, you can't be publicly disliked that and not do anything about it and not think that your street cred is going to tank. You let people know that they can punk you, and even the guys that wet their pants are going to be puffing their chest out at you, all right? So Benny really never had a chance. So now there's two guys bound to wheelchairs, swinging wildly, and these poor aides trying to get close enough to avoid catching a rogue fist, but, but also close enough to grab the handles on these chairs and roll them to opposite sides of the room to separate them. This, this is like, I, I mean, this is like a Johnny Knoxville bad grandpa skit, dude. Like, this, this could honestly be in that movie, all right? So I was, I, that was, I was, I was, I was, cr I was crying, dude. I was, I mean, I was white knuckling the steering wheel, just laughing my ass off. And she's laughing with me. Like that was, that was too much, dude. That was too much. Now, here's a little bonus story from Jen. By and large, retirement communities are a good thing, right? But retirement communities, just like anything in society, are always susceptible to fraud, to deceit, bad actors, bad intentions, and so on. And every once in a while, you're going to get somebody trying to take advantage of these people. And that's fucked up. Fuck those people, okay? Not, not the people in the home, the people that take advantage of the people in the home, okay? Fuck those people. 
And at one point in this ride, as we kept talking, she said they had recently had one of these people and had to fire one of their nurses. I said, for what? Well, she was talking to one of the residents behind closed doors, and she knew that he liked her, and she took advantage of him. What'd she do? Uh, she would flirt with him, and she spun him around her finger, and she had him convinced they were going to get married. So she said, go ahead and send me this $5,000, and I'll go ahead and get a ring. So he sent it to her. Couple weeks went by. He starts asking questions. You know, where's the ring? What happened to my money? Other people heard that. They found out. And then it got back to the other nurses and they fired her ass. Isn't that fucked up? That's fucked up, right? That is so fucked up. Here's what's even more fucked up this nurse didn't even lose her license. This was a full blown nurse, not a CNA like Jen was. This is a nurse that did this con this guy out of his fucking money, okay? Didn't even lose her license. Jen said instead of being blackballed from working in nursing homes, she just got transferred to another nursing home, another retirement community. I said, Jen, that's like the Catholic priests that raped kids, and instead of getting fired and arrested, they just got moved to another parish. Like, what the fuck is that? She's like, yeah, it's sad. It, it's sad. Now, this is an actual fact that I researched doing this story, did you know, did you know that an estimated 5 million elders are abused each year in nursing homes and retirement communities and the people who come and take, you know, caregivers uh, might come to somebody's house? 5 million elders are abused each year. Oftentimes, it's psychological but it's also financial exploitation, just like this guy got conned out of $5,000. Uh, sometimes it's physical. People are abusive to elders. Uh, sometimes it's sexual. And a lot of times also it's neglect. But unlike Child Protective Services, CPS, who have a national database for child abusers, there is no national database for elder abusers. It's left to the states, and some of them report by county, others report as a whole. There's no uniformity. There's no centralized process, and there's no database nationally to be like, oh, hey, this person got fucking fired for stealing from patients and residents. Maybe she should be in the database, and when she goes to apply for another job, that shit should pop up, right? Like, you would think that they have something like that. They don't. That fucking blew my mind. Nothing is stopping somebody that gets fired in Florida from moving to California and doing the exact same shit. That's crazy. That's crazy. And you know what? It's fucking sick that somebody would abuse somebody's grandma, somebody's grandpa, or mom and dad. But that's the world we live in. You know what I mean? That's the world we live in. Think about that. That's somebody's, like, grandpa, you know? I assume the guy has kids, but, like, that's somebody's family member. You know what I mean? And, and yet there's people who literally try to get jobs in these places to prey on elder people. And some of them, you know, they're, if their memory's gone bad, uh, you know, she was also telling me about this one, this, this you know, bless this woman's heart, uh, this, this woman would always say to all the, like, all the people who worked there, she was a resident, and she would always say, oh, yeah, we're going to get married. We're going to get married. And, and she would, like, have all these crushes on all these people. 
Uh, it sounds like an awesome person, right? Just a loving person, you know? And uh, But she wouldn't remember, you know, saying all those things. And obviously she didn't really mean it, you know, but, but she would say, oh, we're going to get married. And she would like talk to other people like it was an actual thing. But then like a day later or, you know, a week later, she wouldn't remember any of it. And, and that, that kind of stuff is sad. And to think that there are people out there that see people like that and think there's a mark. There's a weak link. There's somebody I can fucking rip off. That's fucked up. Fuck those people. Fuck those people. If I ever found out that somebody was in one of these homes, like somebody that I loved was living in, in a place like that, and there's somebody trying to rip them off. Do you guys remember that scene in Happy Gilmore where Adam Sandler grabs Ben Stiller around the, the shoulder and he's like, hey, I heard there's some things that have been going on and you're not very nice. And he throws Ben Stiller out the window and he goes flying out. And the, the Misty Mista lady, like, I think it's a deleted scene on at that part, but like, the Misty Mista lady is like, oh, Mista, you know, they're, they're all hyped. They're running out the home. Like, I would do him like that. I would do him like that. You know, throw that guy at the fucking window. There you go. All right. This next one's called Golden Girls. All right. This was a great ride. This is my favorite ride from the last week. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I pull up to this restaurant. And there's these three 40-something women standing out on the sidewalk, okay? Obviously, my riders. They pile in, and they're all like, oh, thank you for getting us. You're our hero. One of them goes, yeah, because we can't drive ourselves. And I'm like, oh, okay, they're, you know, just picked them up from dinner, right? I mean, they're, they're obviously slurring a little bit. Uh, they said they had been there since Wednesday and having a good time and were from Oklahoma and they were on town on business. So they asked me, are you from here? I said, yes, ma'am. And one of them literally gasps. <gasps> and then another one says, born or raised? And another one says, how old are you? And that's the question I answer. I say, I'm 28 years old. Oh, he's like a little baby. Another one says, Jesse, I'm old enough to be his mommy. And then <laughs> one of the friends goes, hush. And without skipping a beat, I say, that's how I like them. And they fucking erupted. Two of them start cheering and clapping. Ooh, yes. One of them's going, the other one's going, oh, no, 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 no. One of them shouts, he likes cougars. <laughs> and then the one is in the back still going, oh, no, 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 no. One of them says, okay, the next question is, how old is your mother? And a friend says, yeah, because we can't be older than your mother. Now, listen, me, come on. This is, guys, if you know anything about me, this is my bread and butter, all right? This is this is like my wheelhouse, okay? So I say, well, ladies, I was always taught that it's not polite to ask a woman her age. And not only that, I don't want to out my mother. You know, I love my mother. I don't want to out my mother. And they're like, out my mother. <laughs> oh, he's the best. He's the sweetest. Oh, that was pretty good. I said, see, I know how to play the game. And they fucking loved it. They were eating it up. Left me a fat tip. That was a fun ride. It was a pretty quick ride. That's the story. And uh, I, I call them golden girls. You know, shout out. Shout out to my golden girls, man. Now and forever. Uh, I'll always love my golden girls. Okay. <laughs> All right, this story is called Batman, and this is uh, this is probably the best story from the last week or so. I picked these guys up, a couple of guys, 
at like 4 p.m. on a Thursday, and they're like, yeah, we're headed to Gerstle's. And I'm like, great, love that energy, boys. They're, they're, they're a little bit older, like, you know, 30s or 40s. And when I, when I, you know, on my trip to uh, pick them up where they lived or where they were, you know, where they were, I had driven past Gersel's to get these guys. And I, I was like, fellas, it looked pretty dead when I drove past. They say, ah, that's okay. That's because we're not there yet. And I'm like, all right, great. Love that energy, boys. How you doing? You know? So we pull off and they jump right in this conversation they were having before they got in the car, presumably. And I'm just listening at this point. So this is kind of just them going back and forth. Guy says... Yeah, so Hanks is like wrapped around the axle. Ah, oh, such a pussy. I told him, I said, here's what gets me. Hanks goes around and he'll say, man, I would never, I would never do that to another dude in the squadron. And his buddy says, do what? Bang some dude's wife? He goes, I would never do that. He got all, you know, you hear the whole story about him and so-and-so, right? You hear that whole thing? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And now this is the point where I chime in uh, from the front seat. I said, hey, I want to hear that. And, and one of them starts laughing. The other one goes, dude, it's not even worth hearing, dude. It's a shit show. I'm like, great, fellas. I love shit shows. I thrive on shit shows. What you got? And he goes, well, two ugly people. Get this. One of them dressed as Batman. The other dressed up as Batwoman did the bat dance in a parking lot at Walmart. And they work together? Eh, well, it was supposedly one guy's girlfriend, and he had dated this chick for a while. And then this other dude kind of rolls in on her, and they did it in a parking lot. And they were dressed up as bat people. And this is, a, you know, like, look, we're just a couple of weeks removed from Halloween. And so I'm like, well, for Halloween or what? He goes, uh, no, this was a Tuesday. This was a Tuesday. And we are not making this shit up, dude. So, Bat Boy got mad at Batman. Robin got pissed off at Batman because he got that bat poon. And I'm laughing. And his friend's laughing. And he goes, here's the story. In a Walmart parking lot, by the way. And that's no joke. They were dressed up. So, those are the people we work with. What do you guys do for work? We work for the American government. Your tax dollar is hard at work. Every time you get a paycheck, say, oh, that went to Batpoon. That went to Batpoon. But yes, it was in a Walmart parking lot. And the fact that this guy denies it, I wouldn't do any of that stuff ever. You know, that's what he says. I don't know what he's so mad about. I would never do that. I mean, dude, come on, man. You did it. There was cum all over. So look how screwed up this is. A guy is pissed off at me. Because he thinks that I slept with a chick that some other dude's wife, by the way, that he's sleeping with. How fucked up is that? And I didn't touch a girl, man, but he thinks I did. And this girl is cheating on this dude in the squadron, and he's mad because he was trying to get it, or did get it. He got that poon, got that bat poon, and then he got mad at me because he thought I was trying to get it. I'm like, fuck, man, golly. I said, Oh my God, this is just, what a web, what a web of affairs. I mean, this is fucking crazy, you know? And I said, well, how did people find out that they fucked? The guy goes, oh, well, it's a small world, man. Let me tell you, it's a small world. Get this shit. The security cameras picked it up and somebody that worked there at the Walmart knew one of them and shit just got around, man. Shit just got out. (laughs) 
How fucking crazy is that? <laughs> Can you imagine? So they're all giving this guy shit for basically banging this chick. And he said, you know, like, I was like, well, why were they dressed up? Like, what what, what was the deal with the Batman and Batwoman thing? Are they obviously into cosplay or whatever? Which is cool. Like, I'm not here to kink shame anybody, you know what I mean? Uh, but this guy was like, I don't know, man. They, they literally just dressed up as Bat people and he got that Bat poon. And the whole time, like, you know, these guys are both military and his buddy is sitting next to him just laughing his ass off the whole time, you know, like throwing in little details here and there. And we talked for probably like 15 minutes while I was taking them to Gerstle's, um, and, uh, you know, that another one, another one where I got to say, like, hey, guys, happy Veterans Day, you know what I mean, like, happy belated Veterans Day, so thank you for your service, and they're like, thank you, man, we, you know, we really appreciate that, your, your tax dollars hard at work, so now, anytime I ever see a paycheck, and anytime you ever see a paycheck, just think, just think, some of that is going to Batpoon. All right, we got two more here, this one is called Perk 30s. This is a speech that I gave to this writer about drug use, and I hope it scared some sense into him. And I wasn't, I wasn't really trying to scare sense into him, okay? I wasn't, like, I wasn't trying to scare him, but I kept it real with him, and he needed to hear it. And maybe you or somebody that you know does as well. So here we go. Guy opens the door, and I say, what up? He goes, what's up, dude? How's your day going? I said, pretty good, pretty good. What are you getting into? He goes, nothing. About to go home and indulge in some good-ass drugs. And, and the guy starts laughing. And I said, what kind of drugs? And first of all, who says that? I mean, like, th that's what I'm saying. Like, you guys think, you know, some of this stuff that I have to pull out of people. Dude, this guy literally walked into the car within 10 seconds of meeting me. And the first question I asked him, he's like, yeah, I'm about to do some good-ass drugs. I'm on my way. I just picked up some, I'm got to do some drugs. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, it's not like I have to pull teeth to get this shit out of people, okay? I, I, I say it, and I say it, and I say it, and I mean it. It is amazing what we are willing to share with complete strangers it makes for great stories it makes for great fucking content i love it so this guy gets in says that i'm like what kind of drugs man he said percocet perk 30s tell the truth that's just where i came from over there because i just got some perks so we talk about drugs for a bit uh you know maybe five minutes and it was like a 16 minute ride he was saying like Things like, I'm not addicted, you know, I don't have an addicted personality, I'll do one perk 30 a day for a month or two months and then stop cold turkey and be fine. And listen, I don't pretend to be an expert on addiction. I can only speak from my personal experiences and I can only speak from and draw from experiences that uh, people have shared with me, either in the room or in the car when I speak to these people that open up about addiction um, or, you know, guys that come on and girls that come on the podcast, like my man Tim Schladen that came on uh, months ago now at this point, but, you know, is a licensed clinical social worker and specializes in addiction and, you know, walked me through how he was addicted to crack cocaine in the 80s. You know what I mean? Like, so I, I don't pretend to be an expert, but I, I know what I'm talking about, you know, and I know what I'm talking about. And when I tell you, like, there is a certain type of person um, that basically is in denial, that, that, that basically is in denial about, you know, their vices or their addiction. And, uh, you know, it, it becomes pretty evident pretty quickly when you're talking to one of these people that either they're not very self-aware or they're choosing not to acknowledge these things 
and they're choosing to kind of look the other way and not hold themselves accountable and not be real with themselves. I mean, that's what it comes down to is be real with yourself, man. Be real with yourself, okay? Because you're the only person, unless you get lucky and meet me or have people in your life that are keep it real with you, which isn't easy to do when you love somebody and you don't want to lose somebody and you fear that keeping it 100 with somebody might diminish the the, uh, relationship, like that happens. You know, and especially with addicts, you don't want to be the one to say, hey, I think it's time to kind of examine this. I think it's maybe time to slow down. Have you thought about stopping? Have you thought about like, could, could, have you ever gone to, you know, uh, a meeting? You know, maybe it's time. That kind of shit is really uncomfortable. Those are really tough conversations to have with people. It's why people, family members, will do interventions and bring outside people in to do the intervention and host and mediate the intervention is because after, like, you have to live with those people. You know what I mean? Like, you have a relationship past that point, more than likely. Like, and especially if it's a family member, like, you're, you know, it's not like you're never going to see them again. And so you bring in somebody from the outside that can kind of, you know, keep things moving and, uh, you know, hold a mirror up to these people's faces uh, because that's what they need. It's tough love. But if you have somebody that's like a a professional or somebody that's, you know, uh, you can kind of pawn it off on them. And then that response, that that, uh, call it responsibility, I guess, but just like um, to the person who is having the intervention done to them, you know, they might be they might be upset at the situation or they might not be ready to hear it. And a lot of times that uh, projects out as anger. You know, they're angry at the situation. They feel like um, people are, uh, you know, two faced or turning their back on them or and they don't they're not really ready yet to accept that uh, these people love them. And that's why they're doing it. And to them, it's like, oh, these people aren't really for me. These are ops. You know what I mean? Like you. you it happens, and, and and when you have that outside person, then it's easy to be like, well, you know, if this person hates the 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 guy or the girl that we brought in, who cares? You know what I mean? Like, who cares? And and most of the people that do that are okay wearing that. You know what I mean? And and like, kind of accepting that that uh, that burden, right? And it takes, and that's then and that's why it it takes the burden off of you know the family members or or whatever. So. Anyways, uh, it's important though, it's important though, if you have a loved one that's going through that kind of thing, that you step up. And even if uh, it's a friend and you might lose them as a friend, they get upset at you for saying that and then they start to fade you out because they're not ready to accept it, they're not ready to meet it head on yet, they're not ready to admit it either to other people or to themselves. Um, And so... They 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 don't they don't want to be around you because, you know they like they're not ready to admit it and and you're trying to like get them to be like hey meet me halfway or meet me somewhere you know what I mean so, anyways uh, I just kind of got off on a tangent there but like it, it it's important okay, and I guess to come full circle with this the reason that I even brought any of this up is because when you're talking to somebody that you can tell isn't ready to stop or change their behaviors, you can tell. It, it's it's pretty evident. This was a person that uh, I could tell it was pretty evident. They weren't ready to, to uh, you know, to either even stop for a minute to consider 
that this really might be, you know, a bad path that they're walking down. Um, and I, I just look, man, this is real talk. I mean, I, I keep it real with people. Like I keep it real with everybody, everybody, you know, I do. I, I really do. Um, and I told this guy straight up, you know, he, he gets done telling me that, you know, I'll do perk 30 for, uh, you know, a month or two months and, you know, doing that for a day for a couple months and then I'll just stop cold turkey and be fine. And I said, you just got to be careful, man. You know, you don't want to get dope sick. And he said, you know, my friends, they love Percocets too. And they be telling me when they don't take them, they be feeling bad. I said, yeah, man, they're fucking dope sick. He said, well, I I took them for 50 straight days when I lived in Ohio. And I've been here for two weeks and haven't had any. So this is the first time in two weeks. I said, well, okay, that's good, man. Okay, but you're walking a fine line. Like, you know that, right? Because here's what'll happen. Here's what'll happen. Eventually, what you're taking now, you're going to have to start upping it to feel the same effects. So you might not get dope sick at first, but your body will start to tell you, you need more, you need more, you need more. And when you start doing more, that's when your body's going to start having withdrawals because you'll be doing more to get the same high. But then the come down and the week that you stop or however long you stop, your body's going to be like, fuck, like, why do I feel sick? And the only thing that's going to cure that is more perk. And what happens is you start spending money to keep up with what your body needs. I mean, man, I've had people in here in this car sitting right where you're sitting. Walk me through how it got started and where they're at and how it ended. And eventually, like, what they lost and what made them, like, stop. You know what I mean? I got my back fucked up, injury at work, blah, 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 got on Vicodin, got on Percocet. Eventually, I was taking so many of them, I couldn't keep up financially, buying all those pills, switched to heroin. Now I'm really fucking on the needle, and now I'm really dope sick, shooting up twice a day. And literally, dude, like, I had a chick in here telling me she was so dope sick for a straight week. Her boyfriend was shooting her up and finding her vain because she was so sick, she couldn't do it herself. But this fucking idiot wasn't even hitting her vein. He was just stabbing her with fucking heroin, dude. And he's in the back and he goes, oh, oh. And like whatever the fuck was in her heroin, you know what I mean? Because you're rolling the dice every time you buy that shit off the streets. And honest to God, I was dropping her off at a rehab center, dude. She had two suitcases and everything she owned in these bags. And I was dropping her off at a detox center where she was going to be for like two weeks And then figure out what she was going to do and where she was going to live after that. And she told me the most harrowing fucking story about her addiction and it taking her older sister's life. Like her older sister got on it when she was 13 years old. Got her on it when she was 13 years old. And they start doing it together. And then she was so sick that she was in the hospital because her body started failing her like she's 30 something years old dude and her organs are failing her she was septic she her fucking heart stopped she had to get a pacemaker she's 30 something years old she's a pacemaker and they give that to 80 year olds bro okay and she was in the hospital in a coma for like six months and when she woke up the doctors were like you need to go upstairs your sister's here unbeknownst to her Her sister had checked into the hospital about a week before and was upstairs on fucking life support because she was so fucked up and she literally died and she died and her sister didn't even get the chance to say goodbye to her. And the dude goes, wow, that's fucked up. 
I said, fucked up. And he said, but that's the reason I always stop. That's the reason I always stop. Because once I start getting to that point where I have to do a whole Percocet within a couple hours, that's when I go ahead and stop for like a month or two and let my tolerance get back up. And I'm not even like one of those people that's a hard-headed motherfucker that don't listen to stuff, man. Uh, I, I just like, I likely got it under control. Like hit a, I'd be getting hard on myself and my friend. Like one day, we did Percocet the night before and we slept all the way till five o'clock. Man, I cussed him and myself all the way out. I said, motherfucker, what is we, some fiends? I said, man, fuck that shit. I'm done doing these motherfuckers for a week. And that's exactly what I did too. I would not let this drug shit consume me. I said, do not, man. Don't. Don't let it. He said, this is how you know when you're starting to become dependent. Like, you do some perk. Like, I ain't going to lie to you because who you going to tell? <clears throat> Motherfucker, because I be snorting them. So when I take them, I'll do like a quarter. And that's usually lasts me like two to three hours before I need to do it again. But if I do that and I don't feel it, when that starts to happen, that's when I go ahead and cut it off. I said, that's scary, man. That's scary. He said, yeah, because, oh, now, you know, you're not getting high. And I'm like asking myself, like, why are you not getting high? Because your tolerance is too up. So instead of me taking it up the next notch, I say, fuck it, man. I say, you're doing too many perks. That's what that means. That's the sign. You know, that's the difference between me and a person that does it. You know how I mean a uh, 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 addict. When I need more, that means stop. You need to stop. And I said, well, just listen, man, just keep listening to that. And hey, like, I, listen, man, I'm not, I'm not here to you know, tell you how to live your life, man. I'm just keeping it real with you because I've met and talked with too many people just in the last five months that have gotten in this car and sat right where you sat and have gotten caught up in it. And before it's too late, they're in it, man. They're in it. And it's got them. And you know, I've talked to people that have lost everything. And listen, I, 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 hope, I hope that this guy really listened to me and like really heard me um he was in the moment trust me he was sitting up on the edge of his fucking seat like hanging on every single word I was saying but if I'm being honest I really don't think that this is going to be something that seeks in you know here's the thing you got to be ready to receive that kind of information he was listening to me because uh, like of my command and authority and delivering that monologue but I could tell you know I, I could tell he was checked out at some points, you know, uh, kind of on his phone a little bit and, you know, like stumbling over the word addict. Like it was physically hard for him to say that word. You know, that's that's how kind of deep in it he was. He couldn't even he 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 couldn't even say the word addict and and like, you know. It wasn't like a clear thing like, oh, you know, those type of people, uh, 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 addict, like, yes, I know, uh, drug addicts. Yes. An addict. Yes. That's what it's called. Yes. You know, that's what it can get to if you are careless and if, and if you're not smart, you know, and, and honestly, if you start to walk down that path, like it's different for everybody, it's different for, you know, uh, all these different people, um, but the farther you walk down that path, the the longer you venture down, you know, man, the, the harder it might be for you to find your way back out of the woods. And that's scary. That's really scary. You know what I mean? And I didn't like, I didn't keep pressing him on it because as we kept talking, you know, like I said what I needed to say and we moved on. But I could tell by these like benign excuses that he made while we were talking about it 
Or when he would say something like, like uh, he would say something and then later it would be a little bit more, you know, and I would start to get like this bigger picture, like it was expanding to give me the full picture. You know, he would say, yeah, I mean, I, I don't really do it that much. Oh, yeah, I, I kind of do it every day. Oh, yeah, I did it for 50 days straight. Or, oh, man, usually I just take a, a quarter of it, you know. Oh, but then when a quarter really isn't hitting me that well, I'll start to take a little bit more. And then when I'm taking one a day, that's when I know it's time to scale back, you know. Uh, and I'll quit for like a week or two, but then I'll come right back to it. And, and that's the point. Like, that's the point is, yeah, you can stop, but you're not stopping. Like, you're really not stopping. You're just kind of pausing and then coming back to it a week later. And I'm not criticizing this guy because that's just how it goes. You know, that that's just, it is what it is. Uh, I, I don't think he's a weak person. I don't think he's a bad person. I think he's a normal person that, that like anybody, uh, has something and like a moth to a flame, it's just hard to stop, you know? We all have our vices, man. You know, we all have our vices. But the, but the difference, I think, is, you know, some people can step up and own their vices and, and really, you know, take actions uh, to curb those behaviors or those cravings and stuff like that and be honest with themselves and be like, yeah, you know what, this is a problem. Um, you know, I'm going to stop for a while and then I'm going to come back to it, but I'm not going to do it for 50 days straight. Like if it really gets that bad, maybe, you know, I, I don't know. I'm, I, I, I don't want to get too deep in the weeds here because I, I can't, I'm, I don't want to tell you how to live your life or, you know, whatever. But, um, the people that say, oh, yeah, you know, I, I don't need it. You know, I don't need this beer. I don't need to watch porn. I don't need to lay down these bets. You know, I'm going to stop. You know, I'm going to stop eating fast food. I'm going to stop gambling. And they stop for a week. And it's like, see, I proved to myself that I could do it. But then they hop right back on that bullshit. It's like, okay, but what did you really prove to yourself? Like, that's fool's gold, dude. You're fooling yourself. You're tricking yourself. You're tricking yourself. And that's not real. That's not keeping it real. That's not, that shit's not real. Because you go right back to it. You go right back to it. And, I, and I'm not saying like that... Let me be clear. I'm not saying that that's a totally normal thing. That that that's we have urges, we have addictions, we have cravings, fine. I'm not casting judgment literally whatsoever on anybody that that falls into that pattern or that, you know, those types of behaviors describe them. Okay? Uh but it, but if it, it, I, I am I am being being harsh and I want to be clear about get real like just be real about it you know what I mean just be real about it so this guy was 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 not at that point you know and 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 there's no point there's no sense in me pressing him because it, it's not gonna you know that's what that's where the anger and the resent starts to build up is because you know fine it might be it might be my place to say something, you know what I mean? And I feel like I, I need to say something if it comes up like that. Uh, but it's not my place to keep on pressing him about it. You know, that's that's for his friends and his family because ultimately, like, this guy's going to get out of the car and, you know, A, I, I probably won't see him again. Maybe I will. But B, his life decisions aren't affecting mine literally whatsoever. I'm just looking out for the dude. I, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just trying to save this dude from, you know, B, 
becoming another statistic from from walking down that path and tricking himself into thinking that that's not him when I don't know, man, like the things that this guy described um, outside of what I shared in the story kind of start to paint that picture. You know what I mean? Um, And that's the point. It's like you still went back to it after a week, you know, and differentiating yourself between like somebody who uses drugs and an addict. Like, yes, okay, there is a difference between drug and alcohol abuse and drug and alcohol addiction. People can abuse drugs and alcohol, but not necessarily be addicted to drugs and alcohol. But that's the scary thing about opioids. Okay, what he's talking about, Perk 30s, Vicodins, all that shit. They will make an addict out of anybody, man. It doesn't matter. Like, those things do not fuck around. And I think that's how people fuck themselves up is is like, you know, I mean, the opioid pandemic in America is out of control. And, and it has been for a long time, you know what I mean? And it's literally, that's the thing is like, we think of addicts as, you know, these these societal castoffs. Opioids will make an addict out of your grandma. They'll make an addict out of your boss. They'll make an addict out of your brother. I mean, it, it does not matter, okay? And people start taking them, and they think, well, I'm not an addict because addicts are the guys that live under the bridge, you know? They're, they're the bums that are homeless, right? Those are addicts. Those are junkies. How do you think that starts, dude? What do you think heroin is? Heroin is an opioid. What are you popping? Opioids, okay? And people think, I can handle it, and that's not going to be me. And that kind of careless hubris has led to so much devastation. You can't even begin to imagine its entirety. You can't even begin to imagine it. Addiction is a hurricane. And it doesn't care who you are or where you're from, what kind of job you have or house you live in. It will destroy everything in its path. Total loss, man. Total loss if it goes unchecked. You know, like, I think I was in, I was, uh, when I was in school, uh, college, I was in undergrad, University of Kentucky, and it was, I think, my, my junior year. I think it was my junior year. Okay, so like 2013, 2014, and uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman died overdosing on heroin and it's like holy shit like that's a really famous actor like what's he doing doing heroin you know what I mean why is this guy with all this money and you know fucking the along came Polly guy why is he shooting up you know what I mean let it rain why is that happening and it's like oh wait addiction doesn't care who you are or what you do for work or where you come from it, it'll It'll take everything from you. It really will. So talk to your peoples. That's the moral of the story. Talk to your peoples because you never know what you say might stick with somebody. It just might save their life. All right, final story. This is called Sticky Situation. This is a, <laughs> this is, this is a sticky situation. Uh, so ask yourself, what would you do if you were in this guy's shoes? I, I Listen, as, as most of these conversations go, I can see it from both sides, and I really just played therapist to this dude and gave him some, you know, gave him what he needed, but here we go. This is a sticky situation. I picked this guy up. He was young, dude. He was, you know, he, he'll, he'll eventually tell me that he's 20, but he's a young guy, young cat, 
and he was just about to move into a house. He said he had just bought this house over on the west side, and movers were coming the next day. So I'm like, that's awesome, man. Congratulations on buying a house. That's big boy moves. Good shit. He's like, thank you, thank you, thank you. Had to. Because I'm getting out of a marriage. I'm like, you know what? Let me do something for myself. Let me get this house that I said I was always going to get. You know, I tried to get it while I was married, but things didn't really work out. But now I'm back home, man. I ain't in Virginia no more. I'm out the military. I'm out of a marriage. I'm home. And I said, new lease on life. He said, exactly. I'm starting over. It gets to that sometimes, but this is the way life works. Shoot. Everybody always asks me, how old are you? I tell them, 22. I got married at 20, divorced at 22, bought a house at 22. Before this year, I know it's been a rough year, but I'm going to get what I got to get. I feel it. I mean, hey, shit happens. You know what I mean, man? Like, I feel it. Exactly. Especially with us having three kids between us. When I met her, she had a daughter that was a year and four months, and then she was pregnant. And I didn't really care about it because we had a vibe. But then the daughter that I had thought was going to be mine, like after we got married and everything, I found out she ain't mine. And at that point, I really got to leave you alone. I already knew you was on something, but now you done went behind my back. And she tried to get mad at me, but at the same time, bruh, you was wrong. You did it. So, you know, I had to move on. Trials and tribulations. Everybody get through. But I had to leave in order to get myself cleansed from a sticky situation. Well, man, I, I, really, uh, I really respect you for getting out of a shitty situation, you know? And what I mean, like, that, that's not on you to take care of somebody else's kids, man. Like, those are some other dude's kids. And to provide for them and everything, like, if you want to do that, that's nice. You know, that's cool and all, but, like... Motherfucker, nice for what? Nice for what? He said, exactly. Look, look, look. When I got with her, the baby daddy was literally like, fuck them kids. He can have them. Talking about, I can have the kids. Like, hit a fuck you. What you mean? Like, I'm going to take care of the kids if that's how you want to be. And this guy was telling me, like, he loved these kids. He said when he saw his daughter's face light up. For the first time when he got back from the military, you know, he got some leave, got to go home. He was like, oh, man, it's done. It's done. Like, they remember me. And, I, and and now how am I supposed to leave? You know what I mean? And he said, her son, like, I got my name on his birth certificate. Matter of fact, I got my name on two of their birth certificates. And he was loving these kids, even though they were not hers. But ultimately, like, they were hers, not his. And she's fucking with these dudes who he said is sniffing coke, said got arrested for child support, talking about, I'm going to take care of these kids. He said, but hit it, they don't even arrest people for child support unless they delinquent as fuck. So you already not taking care of your other kids. Plus he was high on coke when they came, so they took him in. Now he's stuck in jail. How, how he going to earn, how he going to provide when you stuck in jail, sniffing coke? Like, shut up, bum. He said this dude is literally living in his mother-in-law's house paying half of what he agreed to pay her to do this, okay? Talking about, oh, I don't have the money. 
And he said, yeah, because he's putting all that money up his nose. And he was talking crazy, talking about all this shit he was going to do, saying he was going to smack me up. But then when we was in town last time, when I was in town, this dude's offering me a bottle, offering me some weed, trying to be all buddy-buddy. I go, he's a snake. He's a snake. He's a fucking snake. He goes, exactly. Well, I hope you tune this dude up, man. Just, just you know what I mean? Like, be safe, be smart, but I, I hope this dude gets what's coming to him because he sounds like a piece of shit. He goes, trust me, trust me. Between you and me, I already know you cool because I've been talking for you for a minute. Yeah, dude going to get what's coming to him. I'm definitely going to be smart with it. Whether I got to make an unannounced trip and pop up on him, yeah, he going to get what's coming to him. But everybody around him, bro, they see it. Like, he's a deadbeat. He owe her sister money. He owe her mama money. Her brothers, they already told me they don't fuck with him. And they told me, too, they, they know she did me wrong going behind my back like that. So, come on, man. I've been chilling. I have not worried about anything she's doing because, you know what? Live your life. Because at the same time, I'm going to live mine. I'm just going to chill. For what I got to do, whatever the kids need, whatever you ask me for, as much as my parents will tell me don't give her nothing, I'm going to give her another chance. And I'm going to go down to Virginia and I'm going to take a DNA test in the courts. And if that motherfucker come back and it ain't mine, bruh, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I really might have to serve you with some papers at that point. Well, you can't trust her. I mean, she's broken your trust. And moving forward, that's that's a really tough thing to build back up, man. Exactly. And that's the crazy thing. She done hurt me, but the crazy thing is, I done came back out here with all the other girls that I used to mess with, and it's just like, damn, they show me why I married you. The vibe was different. Yeah, the trust is fucked up, but it's something at this point we might just have to work out. But but man, if I find something better than that before I realize I'm stuck, you know, I'm going to be straight. But that's why I haven't gave up yet. I got the house, right? Yeah, I'm moving for it. I done did everything I said I was going to do. And as much as people will look at me and find out like, damn, that ain't even your daughter. How you not tripping, bruh? Like at this point, I forgive shit. I got to let it go because I'm not going to let shit live in my head right now in front of her. You feel me? And I said, yeah, dude. And this is the speech. I said, yeah, dude, fuck those people. It is so easy to sit on the sideline and run your mouth and act like you do all these different things. And, you know, like maybe maybe some people would, you know what I mean? But until you're actually in it and until it's actually happening to you, and you're the one dealing with the actual options and the consequences, then people can't say shit. And if they do, then fuck them. Because their words don't mean anything. And you know what? It's tough both ways, dude. You know what I mean? Because I can tell just by talking to you that you're a stand-up dude because you're even willing to keep working through it. And that's a, that's a true man. Marriages aren't built on fleeting desires and snap judgments. You know, marriages are built over time. It's a foundation that you you have to continue working at and building up. And you have to keep doing that. 
and you know, there's going to be fights, there's going to be rainy days, but if you love her and you value that relationship, then you find a way to come back to the table and meet the other one wherever they need to be met. You know, sometimes it's 50-50, sometimes it's 60-40, you give more than you put out. Sometimes you're the one that that isn't mil- willing to to put forth that much. And they got to be willing, your partner has to be willing to come and meet you where you're at. You know what I mean? But I, I, I can I can tell you, uh, a part of me at 22 years old, right? You know, you're 22 years old. A part of me wants to tell you, and he says, to leave it alone. I said, maybe, maybe, maybe. You know what I mean? But like, if you still really love her, then you got to at least exhaust every attempt possible if you really feel that there's a special connection with her and those kids and you two can get back to that place, then that's going to be, you know, because, man, (laughs) these fucking thoughts out here, man, are so fleeting and they're on TikTok and he goes, man, and they're on bullshit, man. And you're like, what the fuck? You got 17 dudes in your DM talking about what are we? You know what I mean? But here's the most important thing, dude. Here's the most important thing. And right about this time, we're pulling up to his address and I stop the car and I park right in, you know, in his driveway. And I said, but here's the most important thing. And I turned to look at him and I said, don't lose your inner voice. Don't let the noise of other people's opinions and criticisms drown out what's really going on in your heart and what's really going on in your mind. And he looked at me and said, you're right, you're right. And I said, and people are going to judge and people are going to talk and fuck them all. It's your life, man. You know, you're 22 years old. You got it all ahead of you. So good luck with everything. I fuck with you, man. And he goes, all right, all right. Hey, be safe out here, big bro. And I was like, I got you, little G. I got you. 20 years old, man. 22 years old, I guess. But that's my guy. That's my guy right there. And, uh, you know, like I, I, like I said, like I see it both ways. You know what I mean? Like I'm a big proponent. I will tell my, it, it doesn't matter who it is. I'll tell my friends. I'll tell, you know, my writers. Like you owe it to yourself to be happy. You know what I mean? Because it's your life. You're the one that's got to get up every day and live it. You might as well do things that you enjoy and spend it uh, around people that you enjoy. You know what I mean? People that build you up and make you feel good, not people that tear you down and that you fucking hate. And life is too short to waste it on bullshit people or bullshit jobs and just bullshit, just bullshit in general. You know what I mean? And you have to cut ties sometimes with people, okay? For the good of yourself, for the sake of yourself. And yeah, a part of me wanted to tell him, like, man, just like, you can't trust this girl. She's fucking with, like, you know, dudes that are, you know, questionable dudes, guys in and out of jail. Like, fuck that, dude. You don't need that. And if she doesn't respect you enough to fucking, like, that's that kind of disrespect. Like, I don't, I don't know, man. I, I don't, I don't know if I could do it. I don't know if I could do it. I, I probably would cut somebody like that out. Um, but you know what I mean? Like, but it's, you know, I can say that and, and fuck me, right? I, I can say that on the sidelines, but until it's actually somebody that I love doing it to me, um, you know, it's it's easy to say. It's a it's a it's a whole hell of a lot harder to actually do the thing in 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 practice. So uh you know, a part of me wanted to be like, man, just move on, but but a part of me is like, this dude fucking loves this chick. 
and he's he's getting done dirty, but he he loves her and he loves the kids and he he just wants to do right by those kids, and that's why he's willing to give her other chances. And he's saying like, you know, uh, all these other girls that that you know that I used to fuck with, like that when I met this other girl that I married, that's why I wanted to marry her and lock her down was because she was different and, and we had a really good vibe. And somewhere along the line, we we just we lost that, and she's abusing it. So that's tough both ways. That's tough both ways. Um, but you know, uh, in that in that instance, I feel like, um, you know, I it's it's not necessarily my job to say, well, here's what you got to do, man. You know, and and give this guy just one choice. That's where I provide both options. You know what I mean? Because ultimately, it's his decision, and. I can, I can lay out his options for him and, and kind of make it clear, but he's got to choose. He's got to choose. And it's, you know, whatever he chooses, fine. You know what I mean? Y- you make decisions, you live with them. But, uh, yeah, in that case, my, my job, you know, is, is to just give somebody um, encouragement in whatever choice they're going to make. You know what I mean? It, so... Uh, and and I know that I did, and uh, that was my guy. That was really my guy. You know what I mean? And honestly, like he he might have been the guy. Uh, he might have been the one that left me that review at the beginning because w- when he got out of the car, he was like, "Thank you, man. Like five stars." Like and I was like, "Hey, hey, if you really fuck with me, leave me a little review on there, and and uh, you know I'll read it on my podcast." And he was like, "I bet, bet, I got you." So. Maybe that was my guy right there. But that's a sticky situation, my friends. That is a sticky situation. And guys, that will do it. That is Uber Stories Part 16. Good stories today. Kind of savage. Good mix, I feel like. Good mix of uh, some real shit. Good mix of some funny stories. Good mix of, uh, you know, my riders having my back. My riders really came through for me last week, and I appreciate that. And, uh... You know, the ones that open up and, and the ones that, uh, you know, I know that I'm coming through for them. I, I, I know that I'm coming through for them. So, good shit. Uh, Friday, at Hamilton in studio. That'll be out. And uh, next Wednesday, Uber Stories Part 17. So, be back. Subscribe, rate, and review to the podcast. And I'll be back in a couple days. That's all I got. I am Ben Tompkins. That. That right there is real talk.